The following podcast contains strong language, adult themes, including gambling and discussions around physical violence. Sounds great, doesn't it? But if you do think you are one of those people that may be offended by such things, discretion is advised. Or just, yeah, go and put Radio 4 back on. We're back. Another episode of Octagon Odds, the UK's newest and, in our opinion, best betting podcast for MMA fans. We're back. Episode 5. It's been some week in MMA. And to be honest with you, I'm not going to tell you which one, but one of my two guests this evening didn't want to cut weight for this podcast. So we've agreed <laughs> to a catch weight podcast, um, just weigh whatever you want on the night, really, and, and just turn up and, uh, and speak. It's George Hardy and Ross Beaumont. They're both back with us this week. I'm going to start with you, Ross, because it's been a big week in your life. We are now looking at a green belt in kickboxing. So congratulations. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I got my green belt this week. Um, hey, well done, Ross. <laughs> yeah, nice Congratulations. One. <laughs> Cheers. You are you are officially faster anyone listening. You're a weapon, as I've been telling you for years. You are Adam. You're a weapon, as I've been telling you all these years. Absolutely <laughs> massive weapon. weapon. In every sense. Yeah. Right, lads. Where do we even begin this week? Um, I think we're going to start with Paolo Costa against Marvin Vittori, since we've already kind of mentioned it already. Um, it was a bit of a farce, really, wasn't it, George, this week? Yeah, the whole lead-up to it just felt wrong. Obviously, the whole thing with Costa missing weight, which we've already like kind of touched on in satire. Um, it, he, or the whole thing about missing weight, the whole way he reacted to it. I think Marvin gained a lot of fans leading up to it, but from the way that he reacted, can't say I'm one of them. Still think he's a bit of a prick, but that's beside the point. Marvin Marvin dealt with it well. Costa looked like the Costa was a, just a joke, really. Wasn't he? What do you not think, Adam? What in terms of yeah? To be honest, it was it was weird, wasn't it? Because he looked exhausted after like literally two or three minutes, but he looked exhausted throughout the whole fight. But he just kept. Yeah, I wasn't coming. even talking about the fight. I was just talking about the build up. Yeah, the build -up. <laughs> oh, sorry. oh, I mean, his, yeah, I mean, his behaviour in the build up was Dana's. Dana's basically come out and said, Annie, that yeah, if you're going to behave like that, then they're going to make you fight in another division. So yeah, I guess with light heavyweight Paolo Costa, which. I mean, I don't hate that, to be honest, because I think light heavyweight's a bit short of a few people with star names, isn't it, Ross? Yeah, I feel like he'd fit in really nicely, to be fair, especially, like, looking how big he looked. Um, I can see a lot of nice matchups. I'm thinking, like, Santos or, like, Reyes, all nice matchups for him. Yeah, Give him a little taste of water. Yeah, yeah. Ozdemir, yeah, he's on to... Uh, yeah, he's yeah isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's good. There's a lot of a uh, lot of potential up there at light heavy, and there's a he has potential for, to do well. He impressed me, to be fair. Um, came in, and if you get the reference, uh, gotta give credit where credit's due to, to George. Um, it's Osman, if you don't know. No, <laughs> I didn't um, get that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. It says it all the time. Niche. That is a, no, that is a um, niche reference. That. No, uh, anyway. no, but yeah, credit where credit's due, George. Uh, you said. We, yeah. I, I was saying he was going to look gassed and uh, well to say he did look gassed and um, that's just what he was like against Romero he looked gassed but he just seemed to not be um, maybe just a, a heavy breather or whatever it is oh, um, you, know, you referred said, to when I said yeah, yeah, yeah. that his uh, cardio would be look like well I didn't say his cardio would be good but I said we didn't actually really know what it was like um, yeah, I think he's just and I did mention... he just looks gassed doesn't he 
Yeah, and as you mentioned, obviously against Romero, like you said, he, he seemed to be swinging in the third round, and in this, he seemed to be swinging in the fifth round. So it maybe yeah, that was his it, best maybe round. Just a, yeah, 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 maybe, yeah, it was he definitely won, yeah, definitely won round yeah. five. Um, and actually, if you think about it, it was um, forty-eight, forty-six on the cards, and obviously he had a point taken off for the eye poke, which we can discuss the legitimacy of in a sec. But he won, I think the first, I'm guessing the first and the fifth round, maybe or the second and the fifth round. So it wasn't a complete washout. Like, he took two rounds to three. Um, so, yeah, he wasn't completely dominated. But I think, yeah, Vittori certainly had the upper hand, I think, across the majority of the fight and deserved to take the win. Um, either of you can answer this question. Um, but what did you think about the eye poke and the point off? Because there has been some discussion. Like, I didn't actually hear... Um, the ref, I think Jason Kurzoff, um warned him the yeah. first time. I didn't notice it happen the first time. So when I, when he initially took the point, I was a bit like, okay, maybe that was a bit unjust. But he, he pretty clearly said, didn't he? Like, I've warned him already. Yeah, he did say. He also, I don't know if you noticed, I'm not sure what fight it was. He took a point off someone else that night as well. Um, I couldn't tell you who it was or what the reason was, but it, it definitely happened. Um, so... When he did it to Costa, it sort of made me think: is it, is it just what he's like? This ref, like, is he a bit, is he a bit too, too harsh, or maybe what, he just thought I'm cracking down some... on this for shit? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because it happens yeah, yeah. a lot. It, that's yeah. a whole other conversation, but it happens a lot in the UFC and MMA, but a lot in the UFC, especially with eye pokes because of the glove shape and stuff like that. And yeah. usually, usually it's just a, I'll have have a minute out and like get better. And there's no Nothing, there's never usually a punishment, and that kind of encourages people to do it. Um, if you get if you get where I'm coming from with that, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, maybe it's a good thing that he's that he's a bit more strict. Um, as you say, and he's cracking down, and if he's seen something, then he's seen something, then fair enough, like, yeah, points. Um, especially yeah. if he's worn Costa, but yeah, I appreciate what you say about the, the gloves. I think it's um, is it Trevor Whitman who's or who's designed them gloves? Have Trevor Whit- yeah, I think it is. Design them gloves that sort of uh, make your hands more curved, so your hands, so your fingers don't poke out. Yeah, I think they're called yeah. onyx. Are they called onyx gloves? Rings a bell, that yeah. I think um, yeah, Gaethje yeah, bigs up, don't they? O n y x with like the closed fist. Um, yeah, designed by Trevor yeah, yeah. Whitman, who um, we'll probably be talking quite a lot about Mr. Whitman on next week's show <laughs> if we look yeah. ahead to UFC two sixty eight. He's obviously got three fighters in action. Um, but, yeah, back to, to last week's main event. Um, what did we think of, of Marvin's performance? I know you spoke about, George, him gaining respect for the way he handled um, the situation outside of the octagon. And I think the main thing to consider in that is, regardless of whether he won the respect of more fans, he will have definitely won the respect of Dana White. And that's probably way more important than any fan he could win over um, because we know that Dana treats these, you know, the fighters that step in on short notice, the fighters that roll with the punches on fight week, like he did in a situation like this, where his opponents missed weight by 20 plus pounds and not even really tried to make weight. Um, so, yeah, I think he's probably made a very useful friend in Dana White, hasn't he, this week? I couldn't, yeah, definitely agree more. It's um, it's almost like the opposite of Dana White privilege. Um because I guess Dana White privilege is afforded to those who he just takes fancy to for the personality or, or just immediately as they join the UFC. But um, these other fighters like Marvin, they gain, they gain popularity and they gain um, 
privilege with Dana White by just just going out there and fighting no matter what and just not really giving a shit about it. Um, I do respect that about Marvin. Um, he's he's got an abrasive personality to put it lightly, but you can gotta respect the fighter like the warrior spirit. Yeah, to be fair, to be honest, like Marvin's had some quite good lines from this week. Like, yeah, I, he annoyed me quite a lot in the Adesanya build-up and aftermath. Um, in terms of yeah, he is quite abrasive. But I think my favourite line of the week was "Go run, fat ass." Um, when he, he, asked, he got asked if he'd share a drink with Costa, and he's like, "Yeah, I wouldn't even waste a drink on him." Like, "Go run, fat ass," and I, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Yeah, he had some he had some fun at Paolo's expense, and yeah, ultimately, like I was a bit concerned how he would handle Costa at a heavier weight, and like whether he'd maybe already cut down a little bit, would be a bit smaller. But it it never felt at any point during the fight, did it, that the size that Costa had was that much of an advantage, really? It didn't seem like it, but um, I think afterwards, when Dana released all the all the numbers, someone asked him how heavy were they both on the night. I think the Tory was two of between two or five and ten and then of course it was like 230 and um, just, <laughs> every credit to Vittori like he took everything like that fifth round was a bit scary for him some of them, some of them fucking roundhouses to the body what a chin from and just, like what a chin and just absolute conditioning from um, from both of them to be fair but especially yeah, Vittori Mark. handling that extra power and just absolutely eating it I mean, that yeah. chin, we didn't mention it on last week's show at all, Anatomy of a Fighter, but can you put Marvin Vittori up there as one of the best chins <laughs> in the UFC? He's gone 10 rounds with Izzy, five rounds with Costa, and yeah. has stood He's up to every up there, single yeah. blow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit ridiculous. What's next for Marvin, do we think? Um, it's obviously unlikely that he goes straight back into the title picture, um, given that obviously he just fought Izzy, so... Where do we think is a good next step for him from here? I think stylistically, we need to see him and Robert Whitaker. I think that would be Whitaker needs the title fight, though, really. Um, yeah, well, apparently that's booked in for January. So Vittori, I think Vittori's fought three times this year. So maybe that could be, you know, he sits out until then and sort of lines yeah. up with that. Anyone else? That sort so of we've got on? we've got Darren Till, Cannoneer, Brunson, Gastelum. Maybe maybe a Brunson. You know, there's no one. There's no one for him to fight up with, really. At this point, is that I feel like he, well, at this point he deserves to fight upwards. Well, maybe yeah, sure, he yeah. takes. Does he potentially take the winner of um, Cannoneer and um, Wow, that's bad, Brunson. Sorry, um, from two sixty eight, because that's obviously next week as well. So the timings match up pretty well, don't they? That could work out well. That seems pretty fair. The winner of them two. Fights Marvin so. gives time for the yeah gives time for yeah. Izzy Izzy and Rob Whitaker to sort the belt situation out and and yeah you get a number one contender fight at some point in the next few months. That sounds like a fair fair sort of fight. When when the Cannoneer and Brunson fight, do you know? Is it, is it not on two sixty eight? Is it not? Yeah. So it's quite week? soon. So yeah, it could work. Yeah, so timing could work out pretty well, given both a couple months to recover. I'm just yeah, checking, but yeah, the time yeah. feasible. Yeah, the, the timing seems pretty perfect. Um, it's done it. Yeah, I don't really know. Well, just like I mean, Darren's dropped down a bit. Any Gaston dropped. Manson, he's already fought on Manson. Sean Strickland, to be fair, he's he's on the rise. Yeah, but like I said, Vittorio needs to be fired yeah, up, a, not down. 
yeah, it's a big drop, but um, sorry, okay, Cannoneer and Brunson is not until UFC two seventy in January, so I think that's the the same card that um is that the cards I think Izzy and um, Rob Whitaker are going to be on as well as Engano and Cyril Khan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's non he's uh, non-stop, Dana. Speaking of a festival of fighting, we're gonna move on to our UFC 267 preview. But we said last week that this sort of lights the torch on a, a festival of fights over the next few weeks and months, starting with UFC 267 in Fight Island this weekend, then straight on to UFC 268 from Madison Square Garden in New York next Saturday. So it's gonna be pretty huge. <laughs> so we nice we get, for us this time as well. Yeah, I mean, an, a UK card with that much quality on it. Um, so obviously not based in the UK, but like on UK prime time. Um, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be some show. But yeah, before we get to that, I just want to quickly run over last week's bets. And once again, I know nobody can see, <laughs> but I am wearing my smug face once again this week. Um, and we'll we start with we'll start with you, Ross. Um, talk to me about your bet. Remind us, have you got you? Was it a five fold from last week? It was 7.43 to one. Your accumulator, I believe. I think it was four. I always come so close, man. I know it was over in the first, first yeah. Leg, I mean, where they, it, where they got dropped and rocked and stopped, and um, so yeah, it was over, it, yeah, it was over straight away, but. The rest, the rest of my card did well. <laughs> but it's irrelevant. I say this every week. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why. Yeah. Oh, if it did well, so there you go, claim it. Yeah, I don't think you can argue that even if the others did come in, I don't think you can argue that if the first leg got knocked out in the first round of the th- of the first leg, I don't think you can argue that yeah. you came. No, that no. close. I'm afraid. I'm afraid no, though, Ross. No. That was a big punt for you to try and get a bit of cash in the bank ahead of 267. It was, it's not, yeah. It's not quite worked out for you, I'm afraid. And it has taken you into the red on minus 10. Um, so, yeah, bad luck, I'm afraid. And I, I hope yeah. that you're going to up your We're game. We're so bad at this. <laughs> We're so bad at this game. But listen, yeah, hasn't... we learned it and we move on. And we listen, we, and we've got some surprises in for this week. So, Let's move on to it. Let's move on to it. Yeah, I've got some big shouts this week. <laughs> okay, well, you need We've to. You both to need to get this week. <laughs> you both need to get something on the board because it's getting a bit embarrassing. Because George, your bet from last week was Costa round one. No, Costa round two. Costa yeah, round correct. two. Costa round two, nine to one. Um, which there was a point in round two, wasn't there, when it was looking? Yeah, it wasn't looking. He it was won looking round bit, two. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and I was getting a bit hyped about it. I was thinking, I'm a genius. And then Dimitri's chin just obviously made out of um, a meteor that collided with Earth 17,000 yeah, yeah. years ago. Wasn't it? That is the danger of, of round betting is it's very much all or nothing, I'm afraid. It's big wins, yeah. but big wins if you land. Yeah. But yeah, I'm afraid that takes you even further into the red than Ross is, just slightly. Um on minus 20. So, yeah, I'm hoping that you're both going to bring some smoke <laughs> this week. Don't worry, the All smoke's right. coming. And now for, for my bets, um, I just gave the two bets last week because, as you'll remember, I was pretty keen to make sure that I kept something in the bank ahead of 267 and 268 so I could really make sure um, I attacked them. So I, was, I just gave two bets and they were both on the main event, Marvin Vittori 
um, on points at five to two. Um, yeah, the fight to go the distance at three to two, which I sort of flagged up if you're going to bet one. Um, you might as well bet the other. So that returned me um, a very handsome 65.1 units, taking me overall to plus 145 <laughs> units. <laughs> me and you were down to an <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. So I guess if, if you're listening, if you're listening to this with the intent to bet, I guess just listen to Adam, really. Yeah, but... and also <laughs> re- recognize that Adam, Adam, um, he's just got lucky. That's all it is so far. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, I'm really hoping that my, I haven't peaked too early because there's a couple of big events coming up, and I'm I'm throwing out a number of bets tonight because I've been. I've been waiting for these cards. So, yeah, I'm hoping that I've not peaked too soon and, and that it could all be downhill from here over the next few weeks. Yeah, but we we've shall still got time. See. We shall see. And, okay, moving swiftly on, um, we're going to get straight into the UFC 267 preview. Um, there's so many good fights on this card. Again, even on the prelims, it's, it's such a stacked card. Um, we're going to start with the... I believe there's six fights on the main card, actually, this time as well, which is quite unusual. So we're going to start yeah. with the... What, what is scheduled to be um, the first fight on the main card, which is Margomed Ankalaev against Volkan Özdemir um, in light heavyweight. Number seven against number eight ranked here. Um, so very much an opportunity for both of them to make a statement before we see um, the light heavyweight champion and the number one contender fight later in the evening. Um, how, do we, how do we see this one, Ross? Um Obviously, Ankalaev 15-1-0, and um, Özdemir 17-5-0. and um, So kind of they're at slightly different stages of the career, aren't they? Indeed, yeah. Um, they're, both, they're both doing pretty good. Like, Özdemir, I feel like he's, he's up there with the top, but he just gets beaten by, by the best, really. Like, he's be, his losses are to, like, DC, Anthony Smith, Dominic Reyes, and Yuri Przecheka. Is that it? Like uh, um, there's there's a lot of pronunciations that are going yeah, to be going on tonight. Prohaska. Right, yeah. It's just well, we'll take that. I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's losing to the top guys. And um, and when he does win, he, tend, he tends to, to get the KO of the TKO. And so does Ankolaev. Um, so I think it's going to be a bit of a, a swinger on the feet sort of fight. Um, even though Ankle Ayev, he's, he's got good wrestling, he's got a sambo background, I feel like he could wrestle and the threat's there for Ozdemir and it's something that he definitely needs to consider because Ankle Ayev's takedowns and his, his strength in the clinch and his ground game, it's very formidable. Um, but yeah, he likes to strike, um, they both do. So I think it's going to be on the feet for the majority, majority of it. Yeah, I'm not sure it'll be 100% on the feet, George. Do you think that Ankolaev will, because as Ross obviously rightly puts out, Erdemir striking is probably his greatest weapon in his arsenal. I think 71% of his UFC wins have come um, via knockout. Like He puts out really good volume, um, like over five strikes landed per minute. And yeah, he walks forward and he's going to put out volume. Does that, do you think that that might just lead Ankolaev to lean on his wrestling more than than maybe he traditionally does? Um, he doesn't come across that kind of guy to me. It, it looks to me like it's like Ross is going to be a bit of a banger. Um, I think 
I can't really call this one because this is this is this is sort of the fight where we find out what Ankalaev is made out of. You know, every fighter sort of has that fight with yeah. a fighter, a top kind of guy. Um, and I always say, and I've always said, and I find it kind of hard to call those fights because you just don't know how like how good that person is until he fights someone good. Um, so this is that for Ankalaev. Um, that said, I've actually got him. Um, I've got him to win it just because of momentum. Because I think Ozdemir is on a two-fight slip. And the last mm-hmm. time he fought was like, uh, 2020. Um, whereas Ankalaev's just been... Um, I don't know how many wins he's got in a row, but he's been winning. Um, so I just think the momentum's with him. Um, and so, that yeah, I, I, I think he could take it, to be honest. But like I said, they're so hard to call those ones, aren't they? Where do you think... Ankalaev sits in terms of potential because the way I, I sort of see this one is a bit like you say, George, Ozdemir is one of those guys, he's been around and he's kind of lost every big spot that he's been in throughout his career. Um, and he's lost four of his last six UFC fights. Um, and obviously, Ankalaev has one career loss to Paul Craig. That was his first UFC um, fight, he got submitted by Paul Craig. Um, we've obviously seen what Paul Craig has been doing. He's put together some really good form recently. Um, and since then, Ankalaev's been on a on a six-fight win streak. He's put in some pretty flawless performances. And I personally think that he is a class above Özdemir. I think Ankalaev is going to prove himself to be one of the top guys in the division. I think he's on one trajectory um, and Özdemir's um, on the other. Uh, with that being said, I think, it, I think it's a dangerous fight. Um, and I think like it could it could well be a banger, um, but I think Ankalaev you see in the uh, in his previous fight, which was um, against Nikita Krylov, um, he there was a lot of standing. He, he used his wrestling both offensively and defensively quite well. In that. Krylov engaged a takedown uh, like it, pretty early on in round one. I think to kind of throw him off a little bit. Um, but he ended up losing top position and then Ankalaev ended up landing up the better of the striking from there. Um, he got his own takedown in round two and pretty much smothered him for the rest of that round. By that point, in a three-round fight, it's two-zip Ankalaev. Um, you, you find someone who's a better wrestler, it's basically the fight's over. And I think that's similar to how we're going to see with this one. Um, is going to come in. I think he's going to try and close the distance. Um, I think he, he absorbs like four strikes more per minute than Ankalaev does. And I think that says a lot that he's going to come forward. So I think Ankalaev will engage him in the clinch. I think he'll, he'll be stronger than him. He'll take him down and I think he'll smother him from top position. And I think he'll take a decision, um, a decision victory. That's one of my bets. Actually, it's my first bet of the evening. Um, a decision for Ankalaev, two to one um, at the minute. So that's me. Ross, what do you think? Where's this going? I think the result is going to be Ankalaev gets it done with a KO. TKO, same thing in it. Whenever we say KO, TKO counts. Um, yeah, uh, as you said, Oz- Ozdemir, he's going to like move forward. I think with his striking and Ankleev hits like a train, like we've seen. Even though he's not really fought in big names, like you can still see power when there's power. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, he looks he looks pretty sharp in the standing. I say he looks powerful, and I think he's going to uh, test Ozdemir's chin and get the dub. Have you priced? Have you priced that one up? Or is I've that, not, one, of no, your, is that not, one of your bets? No, I've not got him included. Um, just to, I think George's point was really good. Just these untested guys. It's just like you just don't really know. So I think it's a bit of a stab in the dark to put a bet on him 
personally. Yeah, I've got him in my hacker, but I haven't got a singular bet on him. Um, yeah, I've, I've just not included him in my hacker. I just don't really. I just say you, you just don't know. So it's just me Vol- stepping, stepping out on a win then. It's just me stepping out on a win then. Uncle, I have two to one by decision. Like I say, I think I think Ozdemir is going to try and close the distance, maybe land a bit early. Um, Ankali will smother him, um, land some strikes of his own, try and try and get him the ground apart. I think especially in round one and round two, he'll try and make it so that he gets the first two rounds and then that opens up possibilities for him to try and look for the finish in round three. So yeah, I think um, bad decision for me, two to one. If it was me and it was my recommendation, um, it, it's, it's a safer one to not put anything on. Yeah, okay, well, fair enough. And that's a yeah. very legitimate matter. There's a few, I've got a few coming up further up the card that um, I think I might be swerving on the on the singles play um, at least. So, yeah, uh-huh. we'll move on to those. Yeah, after. agreed. Um, so, yeah, that's us. We're going to take a very short break already. Time's flying by so far this week, guys. Um, and we've still got five fights on the UFC 267 card to preview and a host more bets to give you. So, yeah, join us after the break. We're back, part two of our UFC 267 previews, Octagon Odds, episode five. Welcome back. We've just previewed the first fight on the, on the card, Margamed Ankalaifik versus Vulcan Ozdemir. And the second fight we're going to preview is the return of Hamzat Shumayev. We haven't seen him in over a year since he made his debut with three um, devastating wins, really. Um, to kick off his UFC career. And he returns to face his toughest test to date against Li Jingliang, who is number 11 ranked in the welterweight division. Um, so it's Kamzat's first ranked opponent, George. I know that you are the famous for not jumping on the hype trains. Um, so I'm assuming you haven't jumped on the Hamzat hype train. <laughs> um, n- n- obviously, again, I respect how good of a fighter he is, but it's, it's just a proving point. Cam, he's a weird one though for me, Kamza, because um, I can see him smoking everybody in his path. Um, he's just one of them freak athletes. Do you know when you just get a feeling that someone's a freak athlete? Um, yeah. So I can imagine him doing well. But then again, like Adam said, Lee, Lee Jingyang, he's no joke. He's no joke. And he's just beaten Pons this year, isn't he? Um, yeah. with, a, with, a, with a sensational knockout. And you just can't count him out, mate. You definitely can't count him out. But that said, um, this is the type of guy that guys like Chimayev just run through. Um, but like at the same time, we're going to see, aren't we? It's another one that we're going to see. But I have Chimayev on my acker. So I guess there's my answer to that. Ross, there's a lot of unknowns with Hamzat, really. Obviously, we mentioned that he's only had three fights in his UFC career so far, but they were all so short. Um, to the point that he actually only absorbed one recorded strike so far in his UFC <laughs> career. Um, he's won three fights and only only been struck once during the three fights. Um, and I'm pretty sure that was a, a leg kick as well. Um, and he's averaging nine strikes landed per minute and 4.67 takedowns per 15 minutes. So the, we're talking about a very, very dominant start to a UFC career against opponents that just haven't looked like they can hang with him that really doesn't tell us an awful lot though does it because we've never really seen him you know we've not even really seen him in 
been hit or punched. We don't know what his chin's like. We don't know what his cardio's like. Um, we don't know how he's going to respond if someone is able to, I don't know, stuff a takedown or match him in the striking. What What do you think about where Hamza is? Like, where do you sort of see him in terms of potential and like where he is right now? Yeah, it's just a lot of unknowns, isn't it? Like, he's just not had that much octagon time for us to decipher, really. Um, as we all know, he's, he's, he's ran through these people and the, everyone is aware of how intense his wrestling is. And that's what makes his striking so much better because people don't want to be taken down. So the the le- like the more prepared for the takedown, which leaves them more open to absorbing strikes. And like some of his finishes are mad, like that shovel up a hook. Uh, upper hook, upper cut. <laughs> that shovel upper cut. That, upper does, hook. Uh, that sounds yeah. devastating. Upper hook. <laughs> sounds like a move. That, sounds, um, that yeah. sounds like something, whatever that fucking creep she made last week was. <laughs> only that, yeah. Or so that's like something only Ngarnu has the powers for. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, he knocks out. Um, he knocked. He knocked out. Um, oh, over over him him that, didn't he? Yeah, he did. It was literally uh, an upper hook. <laughs> shovel hook, wasn't it? It was. Um, but no, the thing with um, with our boy Lee, he um, his losses are to like. He's lost to Neil Magny and Jake Matthews, which are both pretty good names, especially, especially Neil Magny. Um, and in those fights, he got controlled. If you, I'm not not sure exactly what the control time was, but he, he got controlled in them fights. So it shows that he can be controlled. Now, to me, what we've seen from Chamaya's wrestling, it is, it is good enough to control someone that could be controlled by Jake Matthews and Neil Magny, uh, which is no... No way shitting on them two because they're class, but that shows uh, how good Chimaya's wrestling does look. Um, yeah, Lee's got he's got his black belt in jiu-jitsu, but when when wrestling is that good, like I feel like more more times than not, wrestling can overpower jiu-jitsu. Um, maybe if we're talking top top of the game, I'd love to see like it'd have to be like Habib against Oliveira to see like Chandler against Oliveira. <laughs> yeah, and that on the ground that was class. There, like both of them looked. That's literally like, what you're asking for. Yeah, yeah, and that the ground game in that fight was it was really good to watch. Both of them did really well. Um, but yeah, I think I think that Chumayev is going to get it done via decision. I don't think he's going to finish it. Um, yeah, decision win for Chumayev. For me, with Chumayev, there's just yeah, there's so many unknowns. Obviously, we've touched about this step up in class of his opponent. We've talked about how will he respond to various things that might come his way that haven't already, but also that he's been out for the last year. He struggled really badly with COVID. Um, He had some pretty serious complications after he had COVID, um, which has kept him out and stopped him training for a while. And we obviously, I'm assuming he's been back in the gym for a good amount of time now, and and I'm sure he's he's healthy, otherwise he wouldn't be fighting, but we just don't know how um, he's going to respond to that as well. So, for me, I, you mentioned before in, in the last fight, George, that you're probably going to steer away from that one. I think I'm probably going to steer away from this one because, yeah, to be honest, I think Hamza is going to prove himself again to be a level above Lee. Um, but for me, there's just too many unknowns to touch this one from a better perspective. I'll probably throw it in the acker, uh, but I'm not going to yeah. go for any single selections. Um, I don't think. Yeah, maybe, that's yeah. why I'm at. Yeah, if it's you, in my acker, yeah. but no singles. Yeah, same here. So we're so we're all in agreement that that Hamzat wins, but we're not willing to to risk our own money to to prove it. 
unknowns, like I said before. This is definitely the best striker that Hamzat's been in, in there with Ross, isn't it? Yeah, he's a good good striker, Lee. He looks well sharp. Um, yeah, yeah, he looks, he, yeah, he looks very comfortable on the feet. Um, very technical, very fast, accurate. Um, and that's the type of things that can that can stop people. As, as George said, just being Pons Nibio, which a couple of years ago, Pons Nibio was no joke. Um, he's been out for a while, though, hasn't he? Been out for a while. Um, other than like Bobby Nash, though, I'm not... not too many recognisable names for Lee's win record. Um, no, David Zawada. Um, yeah, it, like you say, no, it's not... No one huge, is it? Pon- Ponzo no. probably the biggest win. And then when he is facing these big guys like Neil Magny and Jake Matthews, he's getting beat. But he can strike. He can strike, for sure. Yeah, you mentioned that loss to Neil Magny. I think it was March 2020, that was. Um, I wonder if Hamzat will lean on a similar game plan, George, to Magny. Magny really kind of tied him up in the clinch and sort of limited Lee's opportunities to strike from range and Magny was the stronger of the two guys and ultimately that kind of gave him the edge in the fight. You would expect Hamzat to do something similar, wouldn't you? Yeah, he'll wrap him up. It's more than likely that's probably the game plan he'll go for. I think you'll be surprised how much he'll try and strike with him though. Um, I do see that in Hamzat. I do see a guy that likes to strike. Um so I wouldn't be surprised if we do see a portion, especially if we're in round two late and he's already dominated him on the fourth, maybe around the half. He might go to the strike a little bit more and just to get a bit of a feel for it. Um, that's where, that, they're the gaps where Lee has a chance to win the fight, really, I think. Other than that, I can see Jemayev controlling it from pillar to post. Um, maybe, maybe even going three rounds to, to, to naught in, in the fight. So I've got him... I've got him in Miyaka, but like you said, we don't know how, how he's going to come back. We actually don't really know how good he is because he's not he's not fought the, the, the highest calibre of opponent. Um, so it's all a bit of unknowns, but the the hype train <laughs> would like us to believe that he'll go for him. Um, and I'm not a believer, but like I said, he's a bit of a freak. <laughs> he's yeah, a freak the, athlete, so they tend, the they tend to get a bit more respect, really, don't they? The engines on the hype train, in my opinion, are just getting fired up. They've just brought in all the extra coal. Um, they're just thinking about getting the passengers on board. And if we see a, another <laughs> dominant performance, like if he does what we expect him to do, which is essentially to ragdoll Lee a bit like he's done with the other guys. It's choo-choo. Then for me, I'm all I'm all aboard after that for me. Choo-choo! <laughs> all aboard the Hamzat, the Hamzat Shemayev Express leaving from Fight Island on Saturday night against Li Jinglang, but not brave enough. I um, won't be to... aboard. I won't be aboard for that train. <laughs> I will. I love nothing more than a quick trip on the hype train. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, love, I love stalling the hype train in his tracks. <laughs> so that's that. We all, we all think Hamzat's going to win. None of us are taking it on with a bet, um, but we've all got it in, in an acre or two, I'm assuming, which we can touch on later in the show. And we'll move on to the fourth fight or the third fight on the card, um, which is uh, Alexander Volkov making his return um, after a loss to Cyril Garn uh, against Marcin Tibor in the heavyweight division, um, who's coming himself off, uh, I think, six wins in a row, five wins in a row um, yeah. for Tibor. So interesting one. We'll start with Volkov because um, I think I would say he's probably the more household name out of the two guys. He's fighting in Mother Russia. Do we think that'll be an important factor in this one? The fans are always um, a big factor into it. The screaming, the cheering, the booing. 
but but fighters are a different breed at the same time, and it might not affect him. Um, now, this is one that I found very, very interesting to come into because obviously you hear that fight, you go, Volkov, you think Volkov's going to win that because he, he's a beast. Um, but he, he, he might not. Now, I've got, I found quite a good bet for this one, to be honest with you. You can get um, Ty Burra by decision for nine to two and Ty Burra by KO, TKO or submission, five to one. Those are some good odds for a guy that's coming off a six-fight win streak against a guy that's coming off, what is it, a two-fight losing streak? Um, uh, no, so he lost to Garn last time and he lost to Curtis Blay. He had a win against uh, Walt Harris and Alistair Overeem in the middle. So he's, yeah, two losses in his last four. Right, yeah. So he's in two losses in his last four against the guy who's coming off a hot streak. The momentum's on Ty Burr's side. He's been knocking people out. So it's it, it, he has the evidences that he can knock people out. It's not a bad bet to put on five to one or five to one. I think for the knockout submission or um, disqualification or TKO, and then nine to two for decision. Either of those are a good bet, I reckon. What do you think, Ross? Hand it straight over to you. Do you think those are, are good bets? Um, yeah, they sound pretty good, then, especially. Especially the what is it six fight win streak? Um, so it's a big factor con- to to consider. Um, especially when Volkov he's he, he's a bit like you win and lose, a win and lose. Um, bit inconsistent, but once again he's up there at the top. Um, Tabura isn't. He's fighting like Walt Harris, Greg Hardy, Rothwell, Stefan Struve, and that's the best of them. You know, Volkov's losing to Blades, Lewis, which he would battle, beating Lewis up. Um, so it proves that he can he can compete at that level. Lewis <laughs> just it, <laughs> but you know what I mean. We all saw that. Um, and and gone like so. There's no shame losing to any M three. Um, I think Volkov has the advantage in the stand up. Um, Tybura probably has the advantage on the ground, but Volkov I feel like he can handle himself on the ground. He's a big, strong guy. His technique's decent, good enough to hang. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it, I've I've gone Volkov decision. Um, we know we know Volkov has got a gas tank and he can hit hard and as I say, he can, he can take the fight anywhere. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a Volkov decision. It's an interesting one, like you say. You'd expect Volkov to have the advantage in the striking. He's extremely long, isn't he, Volkov? I know the the reach advantage is only yeah. like two inches, but like the way his arms and legs are, but he's a really long guy. Um, and I think he'll probably look to kind of keep Tabora um, from closing the distance, obviously maybe land a few, a few kicks from range. Um, and I'm really not sure he'll want to get into a wrestling match at all. Um, no. I think Tabor averages more than one takedown per 15 minutes. Um, so he will lean on it um, at some point. And for me, I think the big factor is... Tybora's weight from what I've seen in his in his previous fights when he does get people down it, it, just the sheer weight of him on top of people is too much for them to handle um, the the fight against Walt Harris his last win was um, a really good example he started really slow he barely th- he barely threw a strike in the first minute um, Harris uh, had like he had him wobbled um, more than once 
Um, but as soon as he was able to get on top, there was just nothing he could do to stop him. Um, he was just so heavy, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't particularly explosive movement or anything on the ground. It's very slow pressure wrestling. He, he he was wearing on him and grinding on the gas tank, and eventually the ref had to step in and stop it just because of the strikes from from top position. He just got himself into a good position and just was able to land clean head strikes. And I think that could be the way um, this one goes. Um, if you remember Volkov's loss to Curtis Blades, he was taken down a career high 14 times in total um, throughout the fight. He had literally no answer to Curtis Blades. Obviously, Blades is, is a much better wrestler than Tybora, but I think it speaks to, I think Volkov won't be able to handle his, his weight and his strength when it does eventually get to the ground, um, which I think it will. I think Tybora is going to have so much of an advantage there that I think that would be enough. I expect him to kind of lean on his wrestling in the first couple of rounds and try and get ahead on the scorecards. Um, so I've just gone for a Tybora win, to be honest, because five to two um, is pretty good value for me just to take him to win. To win. I think if we can get two and a half times our money um, on him to win, why sort of take that extra step of, of even adding sort of by decision or by KO? Because I think it could be either. Um, and I'm pretty happy with five to two. So that'd be my bet. Five to two. Am I chatting rubbish? What do you think? No, no I, think I, I could agree with that. Yeah, you've backed it up pretty well. Um, he's a good wrestler, he's a big, heavy guy. Um, he's got great like wrist control and knows exactly what to do on the ground. It's a good point. It did it almost swayed me, you know. Almost swayed me listening to you then, Adam. Um, well, that's what I'm here. That's what I'm here for, mate. To to give my tips and and stand by them. Uh, and that's just how. This, to be honest, when I was just looking through, that's just how I saw it from from the start. Like, I think Volkov is the better striker, but I think Tabor is going to really really trouble him once they get once they do end up on the ground. I agree with you in regards to how the fight is going to go. Um, and you said it, like you said, you could go either way. Um, five to two is not a bad odds whatsoever. I was drawn in by the, the the um by the by the de- by the submission or the, the knockout of the KO. <laughs> um so that's why I placed my bet um over the decision because I feel like that is how it's gonna go. Um just based on momentum like I said and the fact that Ty Burr has got a few knockouts in his in his recent um run. Um Volkov's obviously susceptible to be knocked out, and like Ross said, he's a bit up and down. Tiberius looked absolutely dominant, so I, I, I think Tiberius is going to finish the fight before it gets to the point of decision. Personally, what's Volkov's path to victory here, Ross? Um, obviously, we talked about his striking, and he's he's got he's a very powerful guy. Like he's got the ability to knock people out at, at any point throughout the fight, from round one to round three. Is that sort of his path to victory, do you think? Or do you think he could keep Tybor at range throughout and sort of manage him behind the jab and, and move from there? Um, I think, to, like I said a minute ago, you almost swayed me. But I've just thought, like, <clears throat> what what you mentioned about Blades, what was it, 14 times um, he took Volkov down. That is the sort of performance that makes a fighter go away and go, this needs patching if I want to be the best. And he'd been beaten by Garn, which um, I'm not sure. How did it finish? 
That's he got outstruck. He got outstruck by Garn. To be honest, Garn. Was it it wasn't. Wasn't. He didn't really lean on the wrestling. Not even wrestling. Fair. I don't think there was well, any uh, takedowns in the fight, or even any any. There might not even have been any attempt. I think Garn just outstruck him. Fair. Garn's a beast at the end of the day. Um, but anyway, yeah. As I say, I feel like that's the sort of thing that makes fighters go back and and realize, like, oh, if I want to hang with these guys, I need it. I need to be able to wrestle. Like at, at the top, wrestling. Wrestling is at the top of every division. Every division, like. <laughs> it's pretty much always a wrestler, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, not obviously not every division, but a lot of them are predominantly wrestlers uh, or can wrestle really well. Um, but anyway, his path to victory, yeah, he's just he needs to keep it standing. Um, I think he's definitely outmatched on the ground and in the clinch. Um, to be fair, he's good in the clinch. Volkov's pretty good in the clinch. Um, on the ground, though, yeah, I think he's he's outmatched. He needs to keep it standing. Um, obviously put him away if he can um, or just grind on him we know that he can go as I say he went five rounds with Lewis um, he's got a good gas tank he's got a, he's got a pretty good chin really even though Lewis put him out but there's no shame in Lewis putting you out at the end of a five round fight um, hello fists yeah he just needs to uh, keep it standing I think and yeah I think the the one thing I, I can see a victory in either either way. I think the thing that swayed me was just there's not a lot of value in Volkov really in the, in the Volkov win here. One to three favorite. Um, Tibor is five yeah. to two, and I think given yeah obviously all the things that we've just mentioned, I think for me Tibor is overpriced at five to two, and that's why I'm willing to take it on because I just think I, I think he can get yeah. the job done. I think he's overpriced at five to two, so I'm taking him on. So that's my bet. George, yours is that's his exact um, reason. The, yeah, the KO is it? That's you say that's nine to four, uh, nine yeah. to four, or nine yeah. to two. And I'm taking it. Yeah, no, no, I'm taking on for the exact same reason that you are because um, the value is just a lot better in it. And obviously, we've seen that it can definitely go that way. So it's actually five to one for KO, TKO, DQ, or submission. Um, and I'm pretty confident that like, it could come in. So, like, yeah, like I said, it's it's a uh, it's just great value that one, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, we'll ride on this one together then this week, George. Um, so that's us. Um, Ross, are you sticking with Volkov? Have you got a bet on this one, avoiding it? Um, I had it in my hacker and I'm just really unsure now after this conversation. Um, <laughs> I think I'll I'll think about it for the rest of the pod and I'll I'll sum it up at the end when I I'll give my back to I'll definitely come back to you on this one. Because this, it's, this got, it's got me thinking. It's got me thinking. Join us. Come join us in the Tybora camp. We'll all be on it together. And we can all we can all enjoy it. When he brings home the dub and brings a nice bit of profit for us, you can all we can all celebrate together for once. Right, okay, yeah, we'll put it on then. I'll put that right. same bet on. We're having it. That is the octagon odds tip of the night is take Marcin Tybora to win. George thinks by KO. I'm happy with five to two just to win. But you can have five to one on a KO if you think that that is the way to go. Um, so yeah, that's that one, and we can move on to the next one. Because speaking of underdogs and not a lot of value, Islam Makachev is the strongest favourite on the main card in this one, and Dan Hooker is the biggest underdog on the card. Um, Makachev one to six to win this one. Dan Hooker five to one. Speaking of you know being overpriced, is Dan Hooker overpriced at five to one in this one, Ross? Um, so he's five to one. What's Makachev? One, to, one six. to six on, yeah. You have to bet six, you have to bet six pounds to yeah. win a pound. That's you can't, man, you can't say that's not overpriced. Come on, it's just the style and it's just the matchup that's doing that. 
It's because oh, he's that dominant. This is this is chugga 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 choo choo right here, lads. This is the hypest trade. This isn't even us. This is the this is the this is the bookmakers. We haven't said anything yeah, yet. Yeah, that's why. Asked... That's why I didn't even. That's why I'm saying it's the hypest trade. Everybody I don't even sounded directed. I don't even need to ask you. <laughs> should, if you think it's, it's not stopped? It's not stopped. It's not stopped at a good city yet. This train. When it stops at a good city, and 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 we see it, then. Then the train. This is it. This is it. I'll, then I'll get on board. But this is the then, city. I'm not. This is the city. This is the city, Ross. You're right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. That, that, absolutely. That's why it's yeah, overpriced. Yeah, That's why it's overpriced because Dan Hooker is a real motherfucker, and it could go horrible for Islam on the night. So, the, if you're going to put money on a single, it's got to be Dan Hooker. It's got to be Dan Hooker, and even he's not going to win a decision. So it's seven to one by KO. I, I would be happy with that. If you're going to take Dan Hooker, I think five to one is a big enough price again, just to forget about how his method of victory and just go straight yeah. for the the five to one. I think it's a, a big enough price. The difference between me and you, though, is I'm not a pussy. <laughs> the difference between me and you is I'm plus 145 and you're minus yeah. 20. Yeah. The difference between us is 165. I'm in the moment, and you're 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 playing you're playing safe. I'm swimming in profit. You are, but one day I'm gonna make a Safe big profit. bank off one of these swing, one of these swing bets I made. I'm gonna make a big bank and take you over. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah and that's that is very much the way that it goes, and I'm sure at some point that will happen. And I look forward to that day immensely. I'm sure our bank balance probably doesn't, but um, I do. So we we'll go back to Islam. If you ask anyone, if you ask Khabib Nurmagomedov who is the chosen one, he'll tell you that it's Islam Makachev. This is the point that I always yeah. try and make to you, Hardy. It was always part of Father's plan for Khabib to, to get to the top of the mountain first and to Islam to be the next one to get to the top of the mountain. Father's plan is well underway. Khabib, 29-0, retired. That's done with now. He's not coming back. He's going to be a coach. He's probably going to be one of the best coaches we've ever seen. He could arguably be the coach of the year for 2021 already. He's got brothers and cousins all over the place in every organisation. <laughs> that part of Father's Plan is done. The next stage of Father's Plan is for Islam Makachev to rise through the division. And for me, if Khabib thinks that Islam is the next Khabib, then I'm going to go with what Khabib thinks. Look, yeah, yeah he's, had, he's had one loss on his record. And to be honest, I think that'll probably help him because it, it it gives him a bit of distance from the Khabib comparisons. Like he doesn't like he doesn't have that undefeated record that Khabib came with. He's not if, if he did, I think the pressure would be even more amped up for him um than it already is. But he averages yeah. over three takedowns a minute, um sixty five percent success. Um he's got great takedown defense, he's he's a great wrestler, his striking is good. I think he's got all the tools to be a potential champion, Ross. What do you think? Yeah, as you say, if he was undefeated, that would be an extra few carriages on train, wouldn't it? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, be getting full on the train uh, as well. But um, there's a really good point that Wonderboy says, and uh, it was after he got knocked out by Petis, and that was the first time he got knocked out. Um, he said it was very comforting because he'd never been knocked out. He never knew what it was like, but now he knows that it's not actually that bad. And... Makachev's had that, he's been knocked out and it was very early in his career and his striking's got so, so much better since then. And don't get me wrong, Dan Hooker is a mean striker and he can strike Waffle. the best of them. What? Waffle City. 
mean? Waffle, waffle City. You're just waffling. Waffling on, well, on about Wonder Boy getting knocked out and how that's going to equate to his man being better because he's been knocked out. I thought, it was, I thought it was a good point. Like, fighters, do, fighters learn from their losses. Like, that is... Shut up and watch yeah, Chelsea. <laughs> sure, Waffle. No, waffle. Not even part of the podcast. What do you mean? I've made better bets and wrote better points here. <laughs> waffle waffle um, City. Um, yeah, no, no, no. no. He, 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 he's all right. He's your eat. We'll see. We'll see. What about, what about Hooker then? Because we obviously we've touched on Islam. Hooker's high volume output on the feet will that cause Islam some problems do you think because he's up there with some of the best strikers in the lightweight division hooker isn't he yeah yeah definitely uh, he went five rounds with Poirier didn't he um, which says it all really uh, that that bet is really good though for what is it six to one for hooker just to five win. to one five to one for hooker to five win to outright at the minute yeah, yeah, you know what I always say well. you know what I always say lads Always give your money to a hooker. Go on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I really wasn't really wasn't ready for that, to be honest. <laughs> there you go. Is your money on a hooker then? My money's always on a hooker. Are you betting on is that your bet for this one? Is it is it down hooker to win? Or is it you said seven to one Matt, for KO? Yeah, I'm going for another rogue bet. I'm going for a Dan Hooker KO. Seven to one. I rate that. No, I rate that a lot because I've I, I thought about it because, like we say, Dan Hooker is no joke. Like in the striking, I think he'll have a clear advantage. He lands nearly three strikes a minute more than Islam does. Um, he also absorbs like four strikes more a minute than Islam does because of like we mentioned that high volume output. He's going to come forward. He's going to try and land kicks and strikes. He's going to engage the clinch. Um, and that was actually something he did really well against Nazrat in his last fight, wasn't it? Like we were all, yeah. uh, we talked about it on the show. We were all a bit surprised with how well he actually did in the clinch situations in his last fight. Um, so I don't think necessarily in the clinch it's all going to go Islam's way. But I think if Islam manages to get Hooker on his back, then it's going to be in trouble. He's just going to be let able me to just control him. I think. Let me just say this: Ross has no evidence for that, but that wasn't what I was going to say. Um, if Islam wins this, then I will join. I will jump on the train because it's a big opponent to beat. Um, what, but you have no evidence that he's going to hold him down. That's what, I'm what the, I have no evidence that he's good <laughs> at controlling people on the ground. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. There's plenty of evidence to show how good um, how good he is on the ground. He's he's a great wrestler. It's just evident to see. But like I said, this is a test, and if he wins, um, I'm, I'll, I'll join. I'll get on the train, lads. Find which carriage you're on, and I'll get on it. Yeah, to be fair to Hooker, he's um, he's beaten a few guys that shine on the ground. Like he's beaten Gilbert Burns, beaten Jim Miller, and Iaquinta. Even though the Iaquinta fight was just pretty much standing, he's still a wrestler. Um, so he has beaten these ground guys, but um, he has also been controlled before. He got two decision losses, got controlled in both of them, and uh, yeah, I just think Makachev's up up there with with the best wrestlers. Obviously, he's he's going to prove it throughout his career, but I do think he's there. And I'm very just... welcome to him proving it as well. I want that to be said. If he proves it and we've got bought and, and nobody nobody pfft, no I say nobody. I don't want another Khabib because it, it, it stalls the division. But if he beats Hooker then he, he could he could be another Khabib. Definitely. Yeah I, th- I think he already is to be honest. 
It's already, oh, it's already. No, let's go, let's get there. No, 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 we're not talking about this. We're not talking about this. We're not getting. No, we... He's not as good as Khabib. He's not the next. He's just a few. He's, think... he's, he's starting to tick evidence. off, tick off a standard of opponent that Khabib also ticked off before he moved on to a higher standard of opponent. In fact, some of the people that he's fought are the same as Khabib's um, in the UFC. Um, yeah. So uh, he's he's on his way. I don't think he's. I think technically, skills-wise, he could be as good as Khabib. I think you could probably argue that his striking is better than Khabib's. There's certain was. aspects of his game that are better than Khabib's. His striking, I'd definitely say. Honestly, like, even maybe submissions. Even maybe submissions. No, I rate, I rate, I rate, I rate Habib's. I rate Habib's. Um, good riddance. I rate Habib's striking, big time. But, um, yeah, I think Makachev's could be better. And... There's no, there's no reason to think why his submissions couldn't be better either. There's a reason why Makachev is the one of the most dodged fighters in the UFC so far. Um, yeah. Nobody, nobody in, streak as well. Yeah, nobody, nobody in that division wants to fight him. That's why, despite as Hardy says that he hasn't faced uh, a highest caliber of opposition. Uh, his last win was Thiago Moises, Drew Dober before that, Davy Ramos, Armin Sarukian, uh, Cajun Johnson. So he's he's at a certain level, and this is a step up for him. But he's already ranked number five, and that's purely because otherwise he wouldn't have been able to get any of these these big fights because they wouldn't they weren't ready to fight him. Um, yeah. so you've got to give big big respect also to Dan Hooker because he obviously fought on just a few weeks ago as well at, at UFC 266. Um, Islam yeah. was supposed to fight. Rafael dos Anjos, um, and he had to withdraw. So Hook is stepping in as well on a few weeks' notice. Um, so it's a big play from Hooker. And to be honest, if he gets a win here, he puts himself right back into the conversation for fights with the likes of Chandler, Gaethje. Um, he does. And, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's, a, it's a really big spot for both of them. And this is one of the fights I think that I'm looking forward to most because it's very much a clash of styles in it, really. Um, Hooker being no more for his striking he's been in some absolute wars with some of the top names in the division and then Islam is literally the complete opposite like he seems to have an advantage in the wrestling and then hasn't really been tested against that level of opposition yet so really intriguing fight do you think um, have we got a bet for this one Ross? I think has George actually left because I can't see him on the screen like it, it? I, I just can't, can't I just got, I've got nothing else to say about that I've got nothing else to say about that that whole situation because you told us already you're you're taking Dan Hooker seven to one KO, which I think is a a nice bet. I'll be interested to see how that one plays out. And I don't even, I think I'm probably 60 40 Makachev to win it, but but Hooker, um, but that's just a great odds on Hooker to win it because you're counting him out. (laughs) Yeah, the bookies, the the bookies, I think he means the bookies. I think yeah. he means I didn't bookies. say no. Yeah, yeah. I meant yeah, the bookies. The, bu- the bookies are are very much kind of like, like I said. He's Hooker's the biggest underdog on the card, and Islam's the biggest favorite. So it's just like stylistically, that's why it's so one sided. Because when it's a striker against a wrestler, like look, if if we if we put these to scale, right, Poirier is better than Hooker, and Khabib is better than Makachev at this point. This is and another look, look how, This is look, more look how easy. Let me, let me speak. Look how easily Habib beat Poirier just because it was striking versus wrestling. And a lot of the time, that's that's what happens when it's a striker against a wrestler. So that's why it's so one-sided 
on on the bookies. yeah. I can I can I can agree with the point you said about the strike and the rest of the thing, but comparing them to it's waffle, it's waffle. Sorry, it's not. It. Fuck off. It, that that analogy, that, <laughs> that analogy of the fact that there's the same um, same quality difference between Poirier and Khabib, and the same quality difference between Makachev and Hooker, that means the fight's going to go the same. That's no, waffle. Was, can you not agree? No, with that it, was an, it was an analogy. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe we're actually going to end this segment with an argument, but that seems to be <coughs> it's gone. Um, so we've got our bets. Ross, have you got on this? Because I'm going Islam by decision here. That's one of my bets. It's only even money. It's not a great deal of value even in Islam uh, in this fight. But I am, um, to be honest, I could even be the conductor of the Islam hype trade at times because I think he's the next. I think he's the next Dagestani fighter to scale the mountain. And I think we're talking about him against Oliveira in 12 months' time. So I'm going Islam um, via decision, even money for this one, Ross. Anything from yeah, you decision, decision for Makachev, yeah. So we're we both are, going... We aren't, though. Can I just... We, are, we, ca- we can't put his name in the same sentence as Khabib. Yeah. We can. I just, we can. That's, that's my we biggest can. gripe for this whole conversation. We can. Do you know why? Think, because about the, times. think about who Khabib beat and... And, and, and his record and, and, and just as to how he beat him the people that he beat think about it you can't put them in it's like you can't put them in the same sentence you can't put them in the same sentence uh, maybe you can waffle him stop waffling man yeah waffle that's, that's not waffle, waffle. That's, bear that's in that's mind waffle, bear, listen, listen to who Khabib fought in his first few UFC fights Kamal Shalouris uh, Glelson Tabao Tiago Tavares Abel Trujillo Pat Healy first five UFC fights not huge names. In fact, Islam's beaten a couple of those in his first few fights as well. And then he moved on to RDA, Daryl Hortrup, Michael Johnson, Edson Barboza. He stepped up in quality. And that's what Islam's doing here. He's stepping up to the to a, a higher quality fight. Tiago Moises is no slouch, and that's who beat his last fight. And this is another step up again. We can put him in the same breath as Khabib because Khabib puts him in the same breath as Khabib. And for me, that that's as much as we need. This is the plan. The, the plan was for Khabib to step aside and for Islam to eventually take the throne. And I think that is what we'll see happen over the next few years. You, that's yeah, okay. But it's an I think. And until yeah. Makachev beats the people that Khabib yeah. has beaten, and it has has a kill list that's even remotely similar, they're not in the same breath. Like I said, I'm the conductor of the Islam Makachev hype train. I'm at the front. I'm directing people onto the train as quick as I can. And if it crashes this weekend, then hopefully I'll die along with everyone else and we can forget this happened next week. Yeah, oh, I, I think... I think <laughs> yeah, true. I think Makachev, yeah. No, no, because, no, because listen, you're not listening to what I've said. I think Makachev yeah, will win. I'm 60-40 I'm that he'll win. But I just think the thing that's the gripe that I'm having is you're talking about like he's Khabib, bro. Because they're so <laughs> similar, lad. They trained together. They probably grew up together. They, they're they in the same. He probably coached. He trained. He coached his Luke Rockhold. <laughs> and he said at one point that Luke Rockhold was the best kickboxer in the UFC. Yeah, lad. But Luke Rockhold didn't grow up in Dagestan doing the same sort of wrestling with the same people all day, every day, just like Khabib's done. Luke Rockhold's I've not done man, all that. I've seen man from Dagestan get smoked in the UFC. Oh. It's not about where you're growing up from. It's not about no, where you grow about up. Who, no, it's about who you train with and your upbringing while, while you're training. Yeah. Okay. So, and, that, and he's had the same as Khabib. 
I can't wait. Conversation we had. This was the Ben Askren conversation. This was the Ben Askren. He he he's trained he's trained with uh, Tyron Woodley his whole life. Right, well, we're about to nope. we're about to run out of time anyway, so we'll go to a, we're going to, we're going to a break. I think I think you two definitely need a, a quick break. So um, we'll take that and we'll see everyone after. Right, part three, we're back. We're running through our bets and predictions for UFC 267. We've got two fights left to run through, which are the main event, Jan Blachowicz against Glover Teixeira for the light heavyweight title and the co-main event, Piotr Jan against Corey Sandhagen for the interim bantamweight title of the world. We're going to start with Jan against Sandhagen, which, Ross, a bit of a weird one, this, because obviously it feels like Jan is kind of the uncrowned champion, really, doesn't it, with how the whole Al Jermaine situation played out in his last fight it certainly does like, like we all know that he was winning that fight and obviously but obviously you can't can't be doing what he did um i do believe he thought that Aljamain was on his way up and he was just trying to time it nicely just obviously it wasn't an intentional um knee to the head if it was then that is absolutely ridiculous from jan's perspective but um yeah he, he was smashing aldo aljo in that fight um he was winning in every corner of the octagon. Um, so, yeah, it's obviously for the interim title who will fight Al Jermaine again, I guess. Um, so, I've actually forgot a question. Well, it was more just that Jan is... It's a weird one. It's, hey, we spoke about Jan, and obviously with the illegal knee with Sterling, um, but also because um, Sandhagen comes into this one with a loss, George. Um against TJ Dillashaw in his last fight, who obviously then picked up a bit of an injury. Um, I, I'm struggling to remember another title fight where they both came into the fight on losses. But it makes it a pretty odd situation to kind of read from a from a, a prediction perspective, doesn't it, George? Yeah. Um, yeah, it does. Sand Hagen's obviously... Some people thought that he beat Dillashaw... Um, you can't really argue that Jan wasn't beating Aljo up to where the, the fight ended um, as abruptly as it did. Um, I think you'd be safe to say, I, I found this one hard to call because it's going to be a striking match, really, isn't it? Um, they're both strikers, so we're likely going to see some pretty great striking. Um, I think Jan's got the edge in terms of just like clinicalness. So I think Jan's going to take it. Like you said, they're both coming off a loss, which is a weird one. But Jan definitely doesn't believe that he's lost. Um, neither does Sandhagen. So it's a bit of an interesting one, really, because um, everyone knows Jan won, really. And um, apart, obviously, avoiding the DQ. And um, <clears throat> a lot of people think that Sandhagen beat Dillashaw. So it's almost like neither of them are coming off a loss. Yeah, it's a fair point. They were both, obviously, um, yeah, very different kind of situations, I guess, weren't they? Um, but yeah, you mentioned about it's probably going to be a striking match. They're so, even statistically, so well matched um, in the striking. Like Jan is 5.99 strikes per minute, and Sandhagen 6.32, 52 six strikes for Jan, 47% for Sandhagen. It's like half a strike in the difference between how many they absorb. Um, strike defense is like 3% difference in them. Is that what we think it's going to come down to then? Ultimately, like who actually does have the better striking, or do we think that Jan's wrestling will come into play as well? 
I think um, it's quite a bad matchup on the feet for for, for Jan, just because of the size and obviously how good um, Sandhagen is on the feet. Obviously, I, I really appreciate Jan's stand-up, but Sandhagen is the much longer guy. He's really tall for that weight class. Um, and we've not seen too much straight-up wrestling from Jan, but we've seen some mad takedowns. He's got some really creative takedowns. And... Aljo is no joke when it comes to wrestling, like no joke at all. And he absolutely just stuffed like pretty much every takedown Aljo threw. Um, he had an answer for for Sterling's wrestling. Um, so I think that Jan might try and get get it to the ground, you know. But then that brings me to Sandhagen's ground game. Has anyone seen the armbar that he survives against Alcatara? Was... Nah, I've never seen that one. Um, it's, it's literally, you know how Tony um, got armbar against Oliveira and it was that deep and that his arm was on that far of an angle. It was literally yeah. the same as that, but probably for longer. And um, it was like Sandhagen literally couldn't feel it or he had no, like, he just couldn't feel pain or something. And he, he got out of it and then just starts to ground and pound on top with that arm. Looks like it's been perfectly like, intact. And then gets the finish from that. So it just shows to me that he's got great heart. He's got really good um, like jiu-jitsu knowledge and ground knowledge, even though Aljo finished him within the first round with a rear naked, I believe. Yeah. Um, I feel I feel like he, saw, he just got caught there. I feel like he got caught. And it doesn't reflect how good Sandhagen's ground game is. Um, and as I said, I think Jan is going to try and take him down and uh, work him on the ground, at least try and tire him out a bit. Uh, so it's a really tough one to call, really tough one. Anyone um, anyone using the old MMA math on this one? Obviously, Jan, like we said, pretty much dominated the Aljo fight, and Aljo beat Sandhagen not so long ago. Does that matter to either of you in terms of when you're looking to try and pick a winner from this one? Uh, as I said, I feel like it was he sort of got caught against Sterling. He just got, Sterling just got, in a really good position, really quick, maybe caught him off guard a bit. But I've I've just seen better groundwork than that from Sandhagen. For me, I think what Jan has started to do is like move from I, I'm gonna call it the Volkanovsky transition, like the transition from like champion, like number one fighter in the division to like elite top level fighter. I think we're in the process of seeing that progression from Jan, in my opinion. Um, he landed like a career best seven takedowns against Sterling before the illegal knee. Um, in the fight before that, he landed double the amount of strikes against Jose Aldo. Like he's beating people at their own game. And I think that is where we're now starting to see him just go to that next level where if you, you know, like almost Valentina style, where it almost doesn't matter whether you, if you want to strike, she'll yeah. strike. If she want to wrestle, she'll wrestle you. If it goes to the ground, she'll submit you. And I think that's where Jan is moving towards George. Do you think that he, what do you think about Jan? Do you think he potentially, we're talking like top five pound for pound in the future? Is he that good? What do you think? Yeah. Um, if he keeps on performing at the level that he performs at, then um, yeah, there's not, there's not an awful lot of, um, not an awful, it's not an awfully stacked division, but if he keeps on performing at the level, then there's no reason why he can't be pound for pound one of the best. Like you said, he's quite ra- well rounded. Um, there's not really an aspect of his game other than maybe his boxing that outshines the rest of it. 
so yeah absolutely in terms of game plan if you were yeah do we think tj almost set quite a good game plan for beating Corey and he dominated the wrestling in like the clinch situations and was able to land shots from the top position you know sandhagen was able to kind of he kept it at range in round two and he had a bit more success doing that but then struggled with tj's leg kicks in round three so is that the game plan you'd use if you were Jan, or do you think Jan fancies his chances just straight up stand and bang, and that he can he can outstrike him? I, I think uh, I think Jan fancies his chances stood up um, as well as wrestling. To be honest with you, um, and I think he probably does beat him in both areas. Ross agreed. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the way to beat Sandegan. I think it's going to be quite a similar fight to the TJ one. Um, in terms of Jan's game plan, <clears throat> um, I don't think with with a guy that's that much bigger than you, that much longer than you, that it's a great idea to, to stand and strike. But obviously, if, it, if it's going well for him on the night, then he, he can keep it up. And if it works, it works. But um, looking at it stylistically and at the size and on, considering all that, I think um, it's going to be quite similar to the TJ fight. In terms of um, Sandhagen, obviously one of his big weapons is like the spinning, explosive knee strikes and things like that. Um, yeah, he got a flying knee knockout against Frankie Edgar and I think it was a heel kick or spinning heel, spinning heel kick against Marlon Marais that knocked him out. Um, but in the TJ fight, whenever he tried these sort of explosive strikes, they didn't really work, did they? They ended up putting him in quite vulnerable positions in the end in the wrestling and TJ would always use that as an opportunity to grab hold of him. Do you reckon that that might be something that he has to put away to a certain extent in this fight? Yeah, you can't be leaving yourself open with a guy like Jan, really. Um, obviously, they, they can pay off these big shots and they have paid off and he can execute them really well. As you said, what, what we saw against Mariah's and Edgar and he tried the same knee against TJ. I think he actually connected to be fair and then TJ went into the clinch. And then I think they ended, ended up with... Uh, Sandhagen in like a sideways triangle lock or something like that. Um, and it, yeah, it was proper mad. Um, Where do we think bet wise, George? What do you think? Have you got a bet for this one? Because I know you said it was quite, you were finding it quite difficult to call. Um, have you managed to call it or not? No, I've not got, a, I've not got a single on this one. I've got Jan on my Acker, so. Okay. Ross, is that what you got a bet on this one? Um, I've not got it on my Acker. On my my Acker. Um, I've got an 11 to 2 Sandhagen KO, which I'm going to chuck on. Um, just because we've seen what he's like in the, like, he, he does connect with these mad moves and he's, he does tend to throw them. Like, even as I said, maybe you should throw stuff like this against Jan. I'd probably say that about Mariah's and TJ and Edgar. But he still does, and he connects. He connects with a lot of them, and when mad stuff like that connects, it does bits. Uh, so I think eleven to two is pretty pretty good for Sandhagen KO. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's good value. I think that you'd say that's probably his method of victory. And if he's going to win this, it's going to come, you know, in time distance by KO. You'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah, in my eyes, that, as I say, that's why I think that's a good bet. Um, I do think that that Jan takes the decision win, but I just like the odds and the chances of Sandhagen throwing something crazy. 
So I've taken on the decision win at six. It's six to four odds for Jan to take the decision because uh, you agreed, Ross, that you think it will go in a similar way to the TJ fight. Um, and yeah, I agree. I think um, Aldo, uh, sorry, um, Jan will have the better um, of the wrestling and the clinch exchanges. And I think, um, to be honest, I think he, he'll prove that he's probably got the better striking as well, all in all. So yeah, I've gone Piotr Jan via decision at six to four. Um, and that just leaves us with the main event, lads, which is a real banger, really, isn't it? Um, light heavyweight title, Jan Blachowicz and Glover Teixeira. I'm going to say it, they're a bit old, these two, aren't they? They are, especially considering he's champion and Glover's, what, <laughs> top contender. Um, 76 the, UFC fights between them or something. 75 yeah, UFC uh, fights between them. I think Blahovic uh, is like 39, Glover's 41. So, yeah, they've got some got some combined age, really, haven't they? Um, it's, it's a very interesting fight. You just can never count Tashira out. He's just, his chin is time and time again tested. And um, I feel like he does his best work when he's rocked and when his opponents move forward. And um, mm. He just seems to be all right. Like he gets smacked with something huge. Uh, look again. Look at the Santos fight. Got hit by a bomb, and um, Santos advances, and then Tashira's just—he just seems to be all right. Like he, even though he wobbles, he rocks a bit. He seems to just still—he'll he'll grab him, like wrap him up in the clinch, take him down, and he on the floor. He's—I think he's up there with some of the best when you're looking at jujitsu. Since from both of them, though, George, haven't we, that they've both had long careers in the sense that there's been lots of ups and downs and they've very much peaked late in their career. Is that, it's weird, do you think, if you got, do you think there's a reason for that? Like, is it something that, I don't know, it's a, it's a weird one because it just, it's, it's almost rare to see in a, in a UFC title main event, isn't it? Like two guys that have got, 15 professional losses between them um yeah it's a it's quite a unique one both have sort of um like you said it's people that have maybe like matured well um the it does happen you do see it sometimes um but you don't see it often so it's quite an interesting one um now, I think Jan's in better form and I think he's had the better rise and I think he's the better fighter now with that said, um, <clears throat> there's quite a good considering the the records of the two fighters and um, to, especially Tajira, his um, his rate of submission is quite high regarding a lot of his fights. And it's actually 15 and 2 for him to win by submission. I think that's quite good odds. Um, yeah, three of his last five wins, I think, come from submission haven't they so yeah I think you're right yeah. that's quite say 15 to 2 you've got that 15 to 2 for submission which I feel is very overpriced yeah, yeah I, I think that's that got slightly that. overpriced like say especially given like three of his last five wins that's uh, he's got 10 he's got 10 professional wins by submission um, so yeah I think that's a, a fairly decent shout for, for uh, 15 to 2 um, weirdly though you'd have you'd have Jan marked down as the knockout artist, artist out of the two but um, 57% of Glover's wins have come via knockout and only 26 for Jan, um, which to me when I saw that was a bit surprising. Are we underestimating Glover's knockout power a little bit? 
I think it, it sort of leads back to what I said before, like when he gets rocked and like his opponents move forward, throw a bunch of strikes, maybe gas themselves out, and he just seems to be able to eat them. And then obviously if, if your opponent's more gassed, then the more susceptible to a knockout. And that is like a lot of the time, that is where his, his knockouts come from after he gets rocked and he just goes forward and, and gets gets the job done. Um I know he did it against Santos. He had before he beat Santos at the end of the first round, maybe. I think Santos got saved by the bell. He was in a tight rear naked. And I'm pretty yeah. sure that led from one of Santos's bombs. And I said he just he just moved forward, got hold of him, and he's um I don't think that um that Jan is as good on the ground at all. Um we've not really seen much of Jan's ground game. Uh, we've seen we've seen a few submissions here and there. He's, He's, he's done a proper sick um, like uh, against Krylov, like a side triangle, similar to the one that I was on about with Sandhagen. Um, so he, he's obviously got something there. He's a black belt jiu-jitsu, so he's, he obviously knows what he's doing. But you look at uh, Glover, he's second degree black belt. Um, like his losses, some of the, he's beaten a lot of big names, Glover, and his losses are to like names like John Jones and uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson, Gustafsson. So he's losing to like the like the big dogs, really. Yeah. Um. So he's got he's got a very good chance of winning this fight, <clears throat> I think. Uh, but the Polish power—it's hard to root against the Polish power. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked the about the ages and the the wear and tear that they both had. Does it matter? Do you think the Glover's been knocked out three times in his career? I think Jan's been TKO'd once. Is that a factor, do we think? Like, does Glover's chin hold up, like, say, to the Polish power? Like I say, it seems to every time. And like, I reiterate, just his best work once he's rocked and he's just proven that time and time again. Like, if you look at his highlights, it's just full of that. And he's well, so that's five... the strategy, the strategy I'd go into, <laughs> though, where it's like, oh, I'll get rocked and then I'll wrestle. See, it works, mate. It works. <laughs> Maybe not the strategy, but it's so much working for him. He's on a five fight win streak. He's 41 years old and he's top of the food chain. So, so, so much working for him. Yeah, George, do you expect to see, well, quite a different Jan to obviously his last fight was against Izzy and he lent on his wrestling quite heavily there because he was the bigger guy? You wouldn't expect him to really use those tools in this one, would you? No, it'll probably be base striking from Jan. Um, he doesn't really want to go to the ground with Tizera. Um, so, yeah, I reckon he's probably going to go for striking first. Um, but you never know with Jan. He mixes it up quite a lot. So, maybe we will see that. But um, what I'm hoping for is Glover to win by submission so I can make some money. Yeah, said well, 15, you said 15 to 2. I've got it written down as 7 to 1 because obviously I'd pulled that one out as well. There's quite a big price. Yeah, so. Um, uh... The outright odds are one to three Jan. So again, a big favourite and Glover nine to four. Um, so I'm not sure how, how big do we think do we think that's quite a big price on Glover at nine to four? Obviously, George, if you it think is. he's gonna win by submission, you think it's big. He is. I don't see him knocking Blovich out either. So I wouldn't even say it's worth going for that. Yeah, I think, yeah, nine fours rings, yeah, not a great deal of value in Jan. The other thing that's not a great deal of value in is for me, you're looking at, for Jan, you're looking at a TKO, KO win. And that's only 11 to 10, which to me, I, I decided to avoid that one just because, again, it's not that much value. It's quite a, 
you're asking quite a lot for not a lot of return there, really. Like you're asking, yeah. like say, Glover's got an absolute granite chin. Um, so yeah, it could go the distance this one, to be honest. So at 11 to 10, I would want more money for the Yan KO. I'd want more money for the work that had gone into to landing that bet than I'd be getting. So I'd probably avoid that one. Another interesting thing in the betting is that obviously um, Blachowicz is a big one to three favourite and all the money is coming for Jan anyway, even at that price. Um, one to three is under a lot of pressure. According to odds checker, 91% of the bets so far have been for Blachowicz and just 9% um, for Glover. So clearly there's a lot of punters out there that are not seeing Glover as value even at nine to four. Does that surprise you a little bit? Do you think he's underrated publicly? It's name value thing there. Um, I just think it's hard to go against Jan at this point. Um, he's just he just keeps proving that he's he's such a smart fighter. Like when he's in there, his fight IQ is off the charts. Uh, he knows exactly what he knows exactly how to alter his game plan. Um, his body work against everyone is second to none. Like, do you remember what he did to raise his ribs with him? Like how? Did it well early on, didn't you? And, oh, uh, yeah, those kicks. After yeah, the whole nightmares about those kicks. Yeah, they're, they're up there with, like, Costa's kicks against Vittori. Um, his, his body work is not just his kicks, just, like, his body jab, and he sends some mad, like, body uppercuts, body hooks, sends them all. And constant body work like that just gasses, gasses you out. Um, no matter who you are, um, it's going to hurt. And if you take a, take a fucking strong one to deliver them, it's going to cripple you. And he does it so well. Um, so, I, it, it, yeah, it's hard to root against Jan, really. But, um, but obviously that submission win for Glover is very appealing. Yeah, so there's no bets for me in this one. I've, I'm sitting on the fence, not because I'm not sure who will win, because I do think Jan will win. But like I said, I don't think there's a lot of value in, in a Jan selection out right here, or even a Jan TKO. And that's how I think I could see him winning it. So... Um, I'm out for this one. George, you've already said you're taking Glover to win via submission. Um, Ross, any more bets for you on this one? Any more bets for yeah, you, George, I, on this I've one? Got that. I've got that on as well, submission for Glover. Cool. Any more in this one for you, um, George? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I've got... Sorry, go on, sorry, George. Go on, go on. Uh, I've also got Jan, round four, TKO. Okay. Interesting one. Bold, Which is bold, 12 that. to one. 12 to one. Oh, it's tempting that. It's a large, large odds, it's, that. Pretty nice, that isn't it? Twelve to one. Yeah, it's round that, betting that, though. That, like Hardy found yeah. out last week with the Costa one though, it's just so difficult because yeah, I just feel like screwing. round four and five is when you start to slow down, and especially with Jan's body work, I feel like Glover's going to be quite sluggish by that point. And as I said before, you're more susceptible to a knockout when you when you're sluggish. Um, so at twelve to one, I'll take it. Nice. Ross going nice and brave with the shout there. 12 to 1 on Jan to win by TKO in round four. George has also gone for a nice one. Glover to win by submission um, at 15 to 2. No bet for me um, on this one. Um, and that's all the fights, boys. I know we've we've all got some Akers picked out. I know I've got a couple. I'm, I'm interested to hear um, the Akers that you boys have gone with because I, I think there'll be a bit of crossover here between all of us. Yeah, go on then, Adam. You give us yours. I've got two. Um, I've got a six-fold. I've tried to pick the full card, um, the full main card, just because, just for fun, pretty much. So I've gone, I've gone for Jan and Jan as the top two. Um, Makachev, Hamzat, Tabora, and Ankalaev all to win, um, and that comes out at eleven to one. 
Um, and then fourfold, I've also got a fourfold, which is Blahovic, uh, Jan, Ankalaev, and Amanda Ribas, who we haven't spoken yet, but is fighting um, in the main event of the prelims. Um, and that fourfold comes out at three to one. So I'm going to go with a couple. I'm going to give a couple of honourable mentions here as well. Um, just FYI, the Jan and Jan uh, Blahovic and Piotr double, the Jan and Jan double, as I'm calling it, is even money. So if you are interested in that, it could be a good way to double a bit of cash. Um, the other one, which I've I've dubbed the outsiders double, um, which is Tybora and Xing Lang both to win. Um, and that is 12 to 1. So I think that's, if you fancy both of them, you may be not too, too sure um, about Volkov, or about Hamza, then that could be a good bet. And even more so, I'm just thinking of you, George, because I know um, you've taken on Dan Hooker and I know you've taken on Glover um, as well. So there's a few outsiders potentially that you could jump, jump into a nice fourfold there. But yeah, let's see um, see what you boys have come up with. Go for it, George. I've only got one Acheron for this one and it's a fivefold. Um, and it's Jan and Jan. Makachev, Chimaev, and Ankolaev. <clears throat> um, and that's the only one I really felt, felt confident on, like, putting. Um, the rest of them, I didn't really feel, even then, Makachev, I'm not really sure about, but those are the only fights I've felt confident putting into an Akka, and the returns aren't that great, but it's... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah you're, you're on the favourites. You're on the favourites area, really, aren't you? Like, I think that's two point yeah. seven to one for a fivefold bet. So yeah. not bad. I think like the other ones you're confident in. I think um, it could be a very tidy bet come the end of the, the fight night. That for sure. Ross, what about you? Yeah, and then I've gone for so my act is a fourfold. Uh, um, same as Georgia, it's not great odds. It's only two point four one to one. Um, but I'm quite confident. I've got Chimaev, Tybura. Islam Makachev and Jan Blahovic fourfold. Say that one again because I'm pretty sure Tabor is five to two outright on his own, so you should have bigger odds than what what you're saying. So it's Jan. Oh shit! No, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I had Volkov in there before and then I've swapped it, so I've I've summed that up with Volkov winning. Right, yeah. So, so that's so reading me again. You've got yeah at the top of the card. You've got Jan. Got Jan. Got Makachev. Yeah. Got Tibora and Chimaev. No ankle I have. No, just them four. All right, let me just pop Tybor in and I'll tell you. that. So that fourfold is just a bit healthy. It's 5.46 to one, that oh, one. Nice. 5.46. Decent. And then, yeah, my other bets I've got um, just now right for Tybora to win. Uh, I've got Sam Hagen KO at any point. Blahovic round four TKO and Glover submission. Very nice. I've got Ankalaev by decision um, at two to one in the first one. Um, and then I've got Marcin Tybora to win just in the outrights at, at five to two. Um, I've got Islam Makachev to win by decision at even money. And I've got Piotr Jan um, to also win by decision at six to four in the singles. George, have you got, you've given me a few singles already. Have you got, um, you've got Glover by submission. Which other ones have you got? I've got Tybora by TKO. Um, KO submission or DQ nice. <clears throat> and I've got a hooker by knockout Okay so there's plenty of us to go out this week, there's no excuse for um, you two not getting on the sheet this week with a bit of green I don't think is a... No I'm that's sure why I've put quite a few on, we need to get on there don't we um, Yeah. on the right side 
All right, and all that leaves me with is to wish you lads the best of luck. And I honestly mean it, it would it'd be good to see you uh, catch or even overtake me on the board. Um, this or week. even get in the in the plus. Yeah, that well, that'd be that'd be a start for sure. Um, and I just need to wish everyone else luck with their bets this weekend. Um, and a, a reminder to gamble responsibly. You know, don't don't bet more than you can afford to lose. Um, thank you very much for joining us and listening to this week's show. And boys, enjoy UFC 267. It's going to be great. Enjoy it. Yeah, nice early one for us.